0: Hey there and welcome to the brave marriage podcast i'm Kinzie dozinski a licensed marriage and family therapist and certified professional coach and this is a podcast for couples who want to grow as individuals do marriage with intention and live mutually empowered purposeful lives happy november to you all i hope you enjoyed your extra hour yesterday as daylight savings came to an end If you're just joining us, we're finishing up our series this month on how to build a strong marriage using the analogy of the home building process. So far, we've covered building a foundation of friendship, framing out your marriage with trust and commitment, insulating your relationship by creating a culture of positivity, and having all those things in place to allow you to really communicate healthily and have constructive dialogues about your problems. And once you're in a place in your relationship where your toughest conversations become conversations, not escalations, not heated, unproductive fighting, then you're in the right position to experience the best of what marriage has to offer. Because now you're on the same page. You're sharing mutual love, fondness, admiration, and respect. And you're able to express yourself fully and honestly, not holding back because you know your partner is for you, not against you. When couples get to this place in their relationship, they trust each other. They know that even if they disagree and say things that are going to be hard for the other to hear, that their relationship won't suffer for it because they're on solid ground together. So to build upon all those processes today, we're discussing one critical element of problem solving and decision making in marriage, which is accepting your spouse's influence. What do I mean by accepting your spouse's influence? I mean the ability to listen, the willingness to understand and allow your decisions to be formed by new information provided by your partner, the openness to a different perspective or point of view, and a willingness to move forward according to what's best for your marriage based on what both spouses think and feel rather than making decisions based solely on what you think is best for the marriage. Several studies have been done that talk about the relationship between accepting your spouse's influence and marital outcomes. I remember reading one journal article in college that concluded that the highest predictor of mutual satisfaction in marriage, in particular, was a husband's willingness to accept his wife's influence. To quote Gottman's conclusions from an article on his website, even in the first few months of marriage, Men who allow their wives to influence them have happier marriages and are less likely to divorce than men who resist their wives' influence. Statistically speaking, when a man is not willing to share power with his partner, there is an 81% chance that his marriage will self-destruct. I'll link to that article since I couldn't find the original journal article, but did you hear that? An 81% chance. That's an incredibly high correlation between the unwillingness of a husband to accept his wife's influence and marital self-destruction. Now, this could be where the phrase happy wife, happy life gains some traction as a common cliche, or why the phrase yes, dear, gets thrown around as a joke slash microaggression. But when you stop and think about these phrases, they still allude to a power play, not a solution to it. They allude to an abdication of joint decision-making or a willingness to fight for the best marriage possible. Really, all those phrases communicate is disrespect toward wives and a lack of resolve for both spouses to learn how to engage in healthy dialogue and how to accept each other's influence and grow up together emotionally, relationally, and spiritually rather than settle for an ongoing power struggle. Happy wife, happy life, and yes, dear, essentially say, husbands, if you can't have your way, you might as well give up and give in to what your wife wants because she will make your life miserable if you don't give it to her. And that sentiment totally misses the mark of a healthy marriage, according to research and psychology, not to mention missing the mark of the way husbands and wives are encouraged to love one another in scripture. So I know this is my soapbox, but if you hear someone say this in the future or catch yourself saying it in jest, I just want you to pause and think about what that's communicating about your or someone else's marriage and realize that it's actually just a cop-out to doing the hard work of having a healthy and happy marriage. Now, in introducing this concept to you, I mentioned its importance for problem-solving and decision-making because I didn't want to turn you off with the word power. But the way Gottman phrases this articulates something I see in therapy, which I want to take another minute to explain to you. A couple comes in and says, we have a communication problem, but actually what they have is a power sharing problem. And again, when I say power sharing, what I mean is an acceptance in regard for both spouses' opinions regarding whatever is being talked about. They're at a stalemate because they've tried to communicate around certain topics sex, money, parenting, chores, roles, work, family, time together. But in refusing to even consider their partner's perspective, one partner shuts down and walls the other off, while the other partner tries and tries to push past that wall until he or she is exasperated and either gives up or gives in. So when they try to communicate around these topics in the future, they've now created a dance that involves stonewalling, defensiveness, criticism, and contempt, and so yes, they certainly do have a communication problem now on top of a power-sharing problem. Unaware of this, they come to me hoping to help them solve a problem that will in no way fix their marriage. They say that they want to learn how to address certain issues and be happy. And some of them do address those issues as they learn new ways of being and of doing life together and of accepting each other's influence. And they work at it and their marriage gets better. But some of them really want me to tell them who's right so that the person who's unwilling to accept their spouse's influence can feel justified about themselves and their position. And when that's the case, when it's really for him or her about winning, then the relationship has already lost. It's partner one, marriage zero. And I don't want the latter to be you in your marriage. So I'm going to do my best to walk you through in one episode how to accept your spouse's influence so that you can live mutually empowered lives within a mutually satisfying relationship. But before I do, this episode is brought to you by my free research-based relationship quiz. Have you ever wanted a professional insider's look at your relationship? Well, I've created a free quiz that lets you in on the state of your relationship based on four different components of marital health. In fact, there's a question on that quiz specifically addressing the acceptance of spousal influence. So after taking that quiz, you'll receive three emails with a description of your score, a prayer for your marriage, and recommended next steps to take. To get started, simply visit bravemarriage.com quiz. Again, that's bravemarriage.com quiz. All right, how do you accept your spouse's influence? I'm going to explain this to you in three steps. Just know that this process takes time and effort and only happens if you or your spouse is willing and open to change. And even though the research points to the importance of a husband's willingness to accept his wife's influence, I'm addressing both husbands and wives in these steps because it's not always a gender-specific issue. Okay, step one, the next time you go to make a decision that you would normally make on your own, whether about investing, your budget, parenting, what to do for date night, ask for your spouse's input. It can be easy in marriage, once we've delineated roles, to make decisions quickly and unilaterally about shared responsibilities because it seems more efficient and functional. But over time, we can become rigid in our decision-making and uncreative in our proposed solutions. So it can be helpful to get our spouse's input, even if we're the one who's naturally better at the thing or who intellectually knows more about the topic. None of that matters if our spouse feels left out and unimportant. Not to mention, asking for our partner's thoughts and opinions gives us a window into their world and thought processes, which helps us know and love our spouses better year after year when it would be easier to just stay stuck and living parallel lives with little shared influence. So again, step one is ask for your spouse's input. Step two Notice your reaction to your spouse's input because you will have a reaction, but that doesn't mean that your spouse is wrong. Your automatic thoughts, sensations, and feelings have nothing to do with your spouse's opinion and everything to do with your mind attempting to confirm its own bias. We talked about this back in January, but our brains are wired for efficiency, and they would rather confirm what we already believe than to experience cognitive dissonance and work to form new neural pathways that lead to new thoughts, feelings, and sensations. So again, notice your reaction. Likely, you will feel some mix of confusion about your spouse's perspective, curiosity maybe, relief to not be making the decision alone, and resistance to what your spouse has to say or to offer. And that's normal in the beginning. Every newlywed couple experiences these ambivalent feelings at times as they learn how to accommodate their partner's perspective into their mental and marital schemas. Where this becomes unhealthy, though, is when a spouse or couple chooses him or herself over the relationship, thereby stunting the development of their own marital and emotional maturity. But now you know. When you ask for your spouse's input, it may be hard to receive it, but that doesn't mean your spouse is wrong or that their input isn't worth considering as you work to make decisions that suit you both. Your reaction is simply a growing pain, so notice it and then be willing to take the next step, which is step three, choose a win-win and shared solution, one that both of you can get behind. Because even if that's not what either of you originally wanted, it will be more well-informed than either of your solutions alone and you will have learned more about each other in the process. See, the more you value winning, being right, and proving your point, the less your spouse feels valued. But the more you learn to value your spouse's input, feelings, and point of view, the better your marriage will become. Again, this is not about transferring power or responsibility, but learning to share it. It's about both partners growing up, learning to contribute, and experiencing the reality that, in fact, two are better than one. And it's somewhat counterintuitive, but in order to have influence in your marriage, you have to be willing to accept influence from the other. And by learning how to do this, by being willing and open, essentially what you're doing is learning to love each other better. When spouses learn how to show love through decision-making, problem-solving, and power-sharing, they begin to operate out of something called secure functioning, where there's mutual trust, equal regard, and endless opportunity to create a functional, counter-cultural, life-giving space for their marriage and family to thrive and for others to see and enjoy and wonder, how can we get what they have? In creating a safe space for each other, you in turn create a safe space for others to experience love and marriage at its very best. And that's what I pray for you and your marriage and for those that your marriage influences. Your action step for today is to follow these three steps, which I'll list out again in the show notes. And I would love for you to let me know how this goes or to email with any questions you have about this episode or this series. You can email me, Kenzie, K-E-N-S-I, at bravemarriage.com. And we'll talk again next week right here. Bye-bye.